good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever the hell you're listening to this. First off, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the DH Podcast. And with March Madness around the corner, with spring training just starting, and with the NBA in full swing, oh, also, it's All-Star Weekend, so let's let's take advantage of that. There's no better time to bet on player props than right now. Player props can get difficult in football, but when you have a more individualized sport like basketball and baseball, especially for pitchers, there's no better place to be betting than Thrive Fantasy. When you go to their website or you download the Thrive Fantasy app, enter DHP24. That's code DHP24. And whatever, if you deposit between 20 and 50 bucks for your initial deposit, they're going to match it. So for me, I put in 30 and then I got 30 back for free. Now I have 60. And you can do parlays of player props. So they set the lines. You can pick as many as you want and you can rack up earnings in the app. There's no better place for your player prop gambling than Thrive Fantasy. It's at Thrive Fantasy on Twitter, on Instagram. But what you need to do Go to their website, enter code DHP, all capital letters, 24, the numbers, DHP24, and enrolling, boom, free, up to 50 free bucks. I No, so my biggest problem right now is that I'm going to play hockey on Friday, and I just open up my bag to, like, see if everything still fits and stuff. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I open it, I have, like, these small little, like, black pellets that are just falling out, like, the hundreds. And they're literally all over the place, and it's so annoying. So is it, like, a part of your bag that because it has been dealing with your stench? I think it's because it's so old. I think it's so old that it's starting to, like, decay. Oh, man, that's a rough one. See, I thought that is not where I thought you were going to go with that at all. No, but, you know, it's fine. I'm just going to go to, like, one of the hockey st- hockey stores nearby and pick up a new one. I thought you were going to tell me that you almost passed out. Or possibly did pass out. I mean, maybe I'm getting an allergic reaction to it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I if, if there's anything I've learned from, like, lacrosse and rugby and stuff like that, you have to clean your shit. Just, like, once. Like, I'm not even saying, like, you have to be, like, really good about it. Just I do it all the time. Oh, well, but you're better like, than I am. I haven't played since the pandemic started, so it's like I have to, you know, make sure everything's still fit because I've gone up a shoe size since the pandemic started. What? Yeah. You're an adult. Yeah, I know. I've gone up a shoe size and I gained an inch. You suck. You know I, that. Trust me. Trust me. I, I know. Why don't you donate that to the 5'6 needy? There are people in Ohio. Sorry. There are people in Ohio that would kill for that inch. Sorry, I am, uh, you know, great for the, uh, you know, part of the outstanding whatever the hell pool that we talk that everybody makes jokes about. Gene pool. That. Shout out to the shout out to the rents on that one. Or I don't know if there's a better place to start than it seems like the past few days, apart from like one big news like media push, is it. I've seen so much more Duke talk than anything else recently. Truthfully, it's pissed me off a lot. Why? Because they suck. <laughs> so I, this is one thing that I, that confused me. There are a lot of Duke fans on the timeline that were saying, we don't want to make the tournament. That's so dumb. You should want to make it no matter what. They're bad. 
Like, if they were to miss the tournament completely, it would have been the first time since 95. So they've been in the tournament every last single year that you've been alive. Yeah. And why their fans would want that to stop boggles my mind. They're just, they're so bad, though. Oh, I, I don't care. I really don't. And I think They're I so bad. The NCAA should want them in for ratings because I would rather tune in to a bad Duke team to watch them lose and make fun of them than to tune into a good Duke team and watch them beat up. No, you know what's gonna happen? And and I say this knowing that it's a real possibility and it's gonna piss me off. So the NCAA is going to release the bracket but then have the first four out teams on hold. Or on standby. Yes. Because if one team gets COVID, they'll replace them with a first four out team and put them in the exact seating that they are. Mm -hmm. So how much would it piss off the entire world if, let's say, hypothetically, a team like, I don't know, um, Gonzaga gets a (laughs) COVID outbreak and then the first of the first four teams out is, um, I don't know, uh, the Duke Blue Devils. And then Duke gets a number one seed. Yeah, I mean, truly at that point, I would I would just admit that I'm living in a Sims simulation. Like, how, just how BS would that be, though? It would be entirely BS. You're just trying to enjoy your life, trying to enjoy your, your Thursday, and then all of a sudden it comes out that Duke has to play the number one seed, has to play the 16 seed, and like... I don't know, in the recent Joe, recent Joe Lenardi bracketology, mm-hmm. if that if the scenario I just said came true, they'd be playing of they'd be playing the winner of a playing game. I think the only person that would be happy about this, and there would be somebody that's very, very happy about this, would be um would be whoever is that two seed. So like a West Virginia would be um or Ohio State. They're going to be super jacked up if that were to happen because that yep. means that, that that two seed is going to crush that that bracket. It'd be bad for us because we'd get um, worse basketball overall, but mm-hmm. that two seed licking their chops. Yeah. People are, like, surprised that Jalen Johnson hasn't been vocal. What do you want him to do? Why would he be vocal in the slightest? That doesn't make any sense. What, do you want him tweeting about his team? No. That's so dumb. Um, I'm in the minority of the opinion of J.L. Johnson, so we're just going to move on. You think he's uh, overrated? No, I think, he, I think he just flat out quit on his team. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a minority take. I just think oh, he said— Oh, it is. Oh, it absolutely is. What, compared to Twitter? Yeah. So, so you're thinking—to me, I do not compare— Jalen Johnson is to like some dude skipping their bowl game, which is what I feel like people that are defending him are trying to do. That's exactly what they're trying to do. And it's like, I get what they're saying by that, but it's like, I just, I just don't agree with that. It's just one of those things where, you know, I look at it and say his team, however bad they were or are, or whatever the hell are, um, they still are competing at a high level. And they, while they're barely over 500, after he opted out, they went on a four-game win streak, and now they're going to go back on a two-game lose streak. See, and the, the I, argument can be made that they are a better team without him than they are with him. 
And that's the part where I think people are like, well, I don't know. They're like upset about that, which I get, but it's like, you know, right now statistics are showing that they are a better team without him than with him. I am in agreement with you that he quit. Now, I've never been in that position to where, you know, I'm I'm at like the peak of my whatever the hell I do. So I can't really comment on that. It seems that the move was self-preservation to say, hey, you know what? This team's shit. I get it. Let's just prepare for the draft. I mean, look, I, I, I think that I think the issue that I'm having is that I understand what he's what he's doing. Right. He's trying to um, keep where he is in his draft stock. He doesn't feel like he can get any higher by continuing to play. He can feel like he can get lower, which is fine and fair and valid for a Duke team that's 500. But at the same time, it's like when you look at the team in its entirety, Duke makes a living off of these freshmen. And so him doing that mm-hmm. basically breathes in the breath that everyone says of saying that one and dones are hurting the sport, and he's helping that argument by just opting out in the middle of the season. See, and to me, I don't think that one and dones are hurting the sport. Duke I don't is, think that they are. I just think that it's. I think that there is an argument to be made that they are, because then you're going to have the kids that just opt out and just not play college basketball together, even though we have, you know, some people in this in this country, and me included, I think most people in this country feel that the NCAA brand of basketball is a much better brand of basketball than the NBA, and that's not saying that they're more talented or anything else. It's just it's more wide open and more competitive and just more free-for-all-ish, where in the NBA, it's you're getting the same six results every day, right? Well, every year, you get the same six results. You can predict right now who's going to make the Western Conference Final. You can predict both teams that are going to make the Western Conference Final right now. Will you be right? Will you be wrong? Who knows? But you feel like at every year, year in and year out, okay, the really good teams, you know immediately. You think the 76ers are going to make it. You think the Lakers are going to make it? Like that's that's my point is that there's some predictability to it, whereas NCAA there's not that much of predictability. So I I disagree with you because I'll always believe that the NBA is a better product. I love the NBA. Um, it college basketball has to me more diehard fans, and. I like the product of college basketball more one month out of the year. That being said, I would rather see a bad Hawks team, or I would rather see a bad, well, Hornets aren't bad. I was about to throw them under the bus, but they're actually not bad. Um, Just any other bad team, rather than watch the Horizons League, you know? Although, I'm, although if you want to, if you want to tell me that Horizons is the Mac of the Maction of the NCAA, I'd I'd probably agree with you there. And then I, look, and then after, you can make after it a joke. their showing last night, I'm not going to diss the Horizon League. <laughs> what was that like? Four overtime games. There was like two. There was like two multiple overtime games. There was like two high seeds were upsetted. Like that. That is just true madness, and that's why it's March. But then you got like, to me, it's it, it boils down to one thing and one thing alone. Where you won't, where I view college basketball and Big Ten football in the same light, where it's, I'm not necessarily going to watch for amazing talent or anything or anything remotely close to that. I'm going just for the entertainment value. Like, 
you can watch an entire Big Ten game, Big Ten football game, and it'll be like a 10-3 game, and you'll think it's the greatest game of all time. Whereas you'll watch a college basketball game, have it be like today, George George Washington and Fordham, the final score is 53-49, to and you're going to look at it and be like, man, that's great defense. Like, I want to watch <laughs> defense basketball. Like, you have those people that will say that. Yeah. Because they're going to say, like, oh, there's more defense in college basketball than there is in the NBA. Well, no shit. Right? So that you have those people that are out there. I'm not saying I'm one of them because I enjoy offense as much as the next person. I just don't particularly find the NBA to be – the NBA just doesn't entertain me. Like, the drama that surrounds the NBA, yeah, that entertains me. Free agency, trades, James Harden wanting out of Houston, like, that all entertains me. The actual games themselves – I could take a nap during them and wake up in the fourth quarter and absolutely nothing would change. Whereas with college basketball, if you sleep for 20 minutes, you're going to miss like most of the game. I see where you're coming from. I mean, I still disagree with you, but that's okay. That's um, fine. Like that's now, why we have a podcast. <laughs> I, I think, I think what hurts you though this year is that college basketball is really top heavy. Now, what helps your argument is that it's not top heavy with the typical teams. You know, the Duke isn't up there, or Kansas isn't a lock for number one. Kentucky is not good. Uh, North Carolina isn't great. So you're getting fresh breath with Gonzaga finally stepping up. Illinois just deserves a one seed after that ass whooping of Michigan last night. Um, and it is to me. I think you can take those top 10 teams, which are conveniently all in big conferences, Big 10, Big 12, Big East, and we know who's going to make almost everybody out of the Sweet 16. I disagree with that. Okay. Because there is one team right now that I am looking at that is not going to get out of the first weekend, and they're in the top 10 right now. Let me guess. Houston. No. Houston, Houston, it was going to be in consideration. And then I looked <laughs> at their schedule, and I was like, no. They're going to roll whoever they play in the first two games. They're Kansas like was three, out, but. They're going to get like a three seed, and they're just going to roll. I'm looking at the bracketology again, so give me a second. And they're just going to absolutely roll through. I haven't even looked at bracketology yet. How bad of a seed did they get? Is this um, is this weekend? Oh, they're a two seed right now. They're gonna they're a two seed, and they are paired up with Sienna in the first round. So it'll be Sienna okay. or Iona, and they're gonna roll right through them. Yep. Or and then they'll get Clemson and St. Bonaventure in the second round. They're okay. a second weekend team going to face Arkansas, and they'll probably lose to Arkansas. Now the way, the way that this is set up. Where are they at? No way. Did they get bumped down to a three seed? That's disrespectful as hell. Wow. Yeah. Um, I I think West Virginia can easily make an Elite Eight with the way the bracketology is having it. Because they're going to roll Navy. They're going to roll over USC. Like, West Virginia is super good. And I've had them as a Sweet 16 lock for weeks now. And yep, I agree with that. They have seven losses. But here's the thing. Four out of those seven losses are the top five teams. Yeah. Baylor, Gonzaga, Texas.
Texas. I mean, and I, I I do not think that Texas will like they maybe squeak into the Elite Eight. Maybe. Um I, I just don't think like they can't close the door against good teams. But that's what West Virginia has too. They have a really big problem where they can hang in. It's down to literally the last ninety seconds of a game, and when you're trading back and forth winning baskets, you just I don't believe get every that defensive team that they've stop. lost to is ranked. They're except for one. Florida. Yeah. Now, apparently Florida is a six seed right now in bracketology. Yeah, Florida's actually not bad. And, well, then that's their worst loss because their yeah. second worst loss is Oklahoma. But, again, that's relative because Oklahoma is a top 20 team. Yep. So, and plus, when it comes to in-conference games, you're going to have that shit happen. Like, yep. it's just life. And plus, when, you know, in the state of Oklahoma, for example— You've got, I mean, so many great teams that you have to play, like Baylor, Texas, West Virginia, to where, you know, you might get them once here and there. Oklahoma State, like, these are teams that you're going to get here and there. So I've got a few, like, easy locks for the Elite Eight. Like, I love Illinois. I love Gonzaga, but everybody loves Gonzaga, so it's not really a hot take or anything like that. And I love West Virginia. I I love it. Um I'm very excited for this. I've been paying a lot of attention to NCAA basketball, essentially once the Super Bowl ended. I'll be honest with you. I haven't been in the boat the whole way. Once the Super Bowl ended, that's when I jumped in. I mean, you dip your toes because you got two weeks off in between, you know, divisional round and um, or division championships and Super Bowl. So dip your toe, but I I didn't really jump headfirst until. until after the Super Bowl. It's also shitty sometimes when your own team sucks. And Dayton sucks. We're not going to talk about it. Will they make the NIT? No. Woof. No. Woof. And, and, okay, so here's, so here's, here's the answer to the question that you've never answered. Mm Mm-hmm. The team that's not going to get out of the second weekend. Oh, shit, I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. The answer is Iowa. Okay. Okay. And that's that's very hot takeish land, and that's fine. But you need to. But if you are wondering how I came to that conclusion, out of all of the teams in the top ten, and Villanova very well is going to be next on the list. There is a single coach, a single coach, who has been to the NCAA tournament one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine times as a head coach. Okay. Okay. And has never, ever made it out of this first weekend. Oh, man, that's a terrible stat because when you were to say, and actually that'd be a really unique stat, how many coaches have made it nine times? Like, you got to look nine at these Nine times guys. the NCAA tournament and nine times has not Holy made it out of the first Holy shit, weekend. and it's, it's got to be Iowa. It is 100% Iowa. Man, well, because even so, to me, the way that the bracketology is set up right now, very easily that that Grand Canyon game, I'm taking Grand Canyon. <laughs> Whoever they play next, which is going to be the winner of Virginia Tech and UConn, very easily going to take them. Yeah, I mean, I, see now I'm trying to think who on this list has been to the NCAA tournament at least nine times. Huggy Bear, a hundred percent, has been there nine times. You a hundred percent. Yes. Juwan J- Howard, no, because Juwan Howard is new. Jay Wright might be on the cusp of nine if he hasn't done it yet. Jay Wright is over nine. Um, Shaka Smart's over nine. 
if we're counting um oh shit oh my god jay wright is way over nine one two three four five six seven he's been VCU. there seven years in a row eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen times as a head coach that's a lot more than I thought. Also, does Shaka and fourteen Smart... of them are with are with Villanova? Like there's was... nobody in the top. There's nobody in the top fifteen that would fit that bill. Maybe Kansas, Florida State, maybe Wisconsin's too low. And he's he's also new and he hasn't been there for a long time. Yeah, that's a that's a tough bill to fit. I mean, nine is a shit ton. Six times for Leonard Hamilton at uh, Florida State. Not all for Fran. It's not all at Iowa. He has other appearances at other schools. But it's his overall nine appearances in the NCAA NCAA tournament has resulted in him not getting out of the first weekend. Maybe, actually, yes. You know who has? Frank Martin. That's also not surprising. And he had both Kansas State and, shout out, go Cox. It says he's 10 and 5. So that means he's made it 15? Yeah. That means he's made it, no, that that doesn't necessarily mean that he's made it 15 times. Oh, uh, well, he could get out of the first round. Never mind. <laughs> get out. No, first weekend. First weekend. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Yeah, he went to the Final Four that one year. Okay, well, so that's at least four, depending upon where they were seated. He's made it past the first He's made it past the first weekend twice in his career. I'm twice. talking rarefied air of never, ever. It's tough, man. The next closest. Does, uh, two, what? three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine. Ooh, the next closest is Bruce Weber. Oh, that's so tough. The next closest is Bruce Weber. Um, so Ten. do you think Coach K? This is a, a, a two-part question. Is he going to retire? And then no. the another question: Should he? But if you're a recruit, is Coach K really getting it done for you still? In, in my in my on, humble and honest opinion, why not? The, the program of Duke obviously speaks for itself, but Coach K, he, multiple times per year, has terrible stories leaked about how just bad of a person he is. And so, if you're all real- I'm going to say in his defense is that this is the third year since the year 1995 mm-hmm. that he has double digit losses. And that's again, that's kind of what I was I was going to go with is that. Actually, this is the third year since 1984. The first four years at Duke for him don't count because it's like, you know, you got to have a rebuild. Well, also, he doesn't count losses when an assistant came in, but he counts wins when the assistant's there. (laughs) And he's bitching about his back. No, I'm just a Coach K hater, openly and avidly. That's fine. That's fine. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stir you off. That I never have. Did you mention Leonard Hamilton earlier? And it just. Yes. Okay, I thought so. That is. I was like, why am I thinking about that? Um. Here's also a question: Has Archie made it nine times? No. No, I think Archie's made it at Indiana once. He's five and four. Yeah. So no. Technically, he was gonna make it last year. So he's. Well, that doesn't count. Right. Okay. So then he's never made it in Indiana. Because nobody believes me when I say that um, that Dayton just won the national championship last year. I say that all yeah. the time. What about okay. Sean? So Miller? then, so then he's never made it in Indiana, and outside of the Elite Eight run, he's never got he they never got out of the first weekend. Sean Miller, I don't think he's made it nine, but he might be knocking on the door. 
uh, of nine. He... Tom Crean sure his shit has. He's four. That seems... He's made it out of the... He hasn't made it out of the first weekend four times. He's been to the Sweet 16, Elite Eight three, four times at Xavier in Arizona. Sean Miller being over 50 years old seems weird to me. Weird to me. He also really hasn't been public this year. Super this sweaty. sucks, but... Well, and also, I think he's still going to lay low for uh, some violations for a little bit. Good point. And, yeah, Tom Crean definitely has... Do you think Chris Holtman has? No, because Chris Holtman hasn't been coaching for that long. Well, I thought he was somewhere else before Ohio State. He was at Butler before Ohio State, but I don't... Like, where was he before that? Was he at Gardner-Webb? Because if he was at Gardner-Webb, which I think he was, like, that, that does, shouldn't that's count. That's not going to do anything. And right. one one name that I don't think... Yeah, he's been, he hasn't made it out of the first weekend four times. That's rough. Uh, and the other other name that I was going to... But it's gonna... like out of five. Like, that's like... And yeah. they were going to probably do a deep run last year, so I can't, like... I'm not going to do anything with that. You know what I mean? Matt Painter. He, well, Painter's I, a good one. I don't know. I think... Well, it says he's 15-12 and 12 NCAA record, tournament record. But obviously, we know that that doesn't mean uh, anything. First weekend out in the first weekend. Yes. He has over a 60—he he has a 66% winning record. That's damn good in the Big Ten. He has seven times he's never made it out of the first round, first uh, first weekend. That's also sandwiched in between two Sweet 16 appearances. <laughs> a Sweet 16—no, I'm sorry. Four Sweet 16 appearances and an Elite Eight appearance. That's nuts. He's third, 354 and 140 in 182 at Purdue. That's incredible. I, ju- I just said that. 66% winning. That's crazy. It's awesome. Man, no, that guy does like not get enough respect. you actually put numbers to it, it makes it more impressive. All right. That's a big J move. I'll take that. I'm very Who's high. Who's the crazy guy at Wichita State? I'm going to figure that out. But um, Greg Marshall? Yeah? That's not right? Well, we're going to figure it out. Yep, it's Greg Marshall. All right. Isaiah, then- Isaac Brown. Okay, he's there now. I'm saying Greg Marshall was there. Oh, two. okay. Including Winthrop. Because Dude. Winthrop goes to, the, goes to the NCAA tournament every year. Don't sleep on Winthrop. There's literally a phrase about them. Because Five, they have a six, tendency seven, to get out of the first weekend. Eight, nine, ten, eleven time. Twelve time. This is a twelve time champion. Greg Marshall. Yeah. See, now we're getting into some some good shit here. With a final four and a sweet 16. Amazing. Amazing. Incredible. And an NIT. Too bad I'll never coach again. (laughs) Well, that hurts. That's also very valid as well. Thank you. Um, Yeah, you know, that's, that's just how it goes. One team that I'm not as high on, and I don't really know why, and it, it's probably just the eye test has been Kansas. 18 and 8. So, like, when you're looking at, like, these top four teams, you know, the, you know Michigan, Baylor only have one loss. Kansas has eight. They also have played a lot more games than other teams. So, it's tough to compare, but I don't know why. They, they don't seem to be scoring a lot of points at all. So I I don't know what to do with Kansas. Maybe they're in a I tough... can summarize this very quickly for them. Please. 
they had a really, really, really bad month of January. Well, let's just say this month won't be bad for them either. Um, because they finished the month of February with two losses. January, they had one, two, three, four, five losses. And the entire December and November, they had one. Okay. And the one was to Gonzaga. That makes sense. So they had a really rough stretch. I think, yeah, they. I think they had a COVID thing going on. But they had a really rough stretch in January. Then they played Kansas State. And then, you know, uh, they played, oh, okay. So they played <laughs> Kansas State twice, Iowa State twice, Oklahoma, which is a good win, Texas Tech, which is a good win, and Baylor, which is a good one. And then they play UTEP. Why are they playing UTEP on Thursday? That is, you know what? You're starting to turn me a little bit here because that is one of the fun things about college basketball that you'll never get with the NBA, and it's simply because of the amount of teams. So, like, when you get UTEP or Wichita State, don't sleep on Winthrop, shit like that can never happen in the NBA. Like, nobody's going to say sleep, don't sleep on the Hornets. Are you fucking kidding me? No. So... That is it is a huge part to why people love March Madness. And one thing I'm happy about is that I don't have to fake pretend that my coworkers know what they're talking about. Yeah. About March Madness. Cause Shouldn't have to deal with that. Most people that like, you know, if you're not like a, a sports nut that you might not have even turned into college basketball yet outside of your own team. Mm-hmm. And you're just waiting until March 14th when we get Selection Sunday. Also, it's going to be a great week. You get the 13th, the party. You get the 14th, Selection Sunday. St. Patrick's Day. You can actually kind of participate this year. Not saying full-time, but you can actually kind of participate. Okay, so, well, I don't know where the hell everybody else is, but I can't. So, Well, that's because, um, well, your job. No, you can no, 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 no. You can say it. My state sucks, but we're just gonna move on. Oh, I actually didn't think it was your state at all. Sorry, I just thought it was because you work shitty hours. Well, no, it's because my state sucks. Huh. Well, see, mine is like here in Ohio. They're doing like really strict. Um, they they are asking bars and restaurants to have people make reservations, and Smart. actually charging people for a table. Smart. Because. One, if I make a reservation and I don't pay, I can flake and I don't feel bad about it. But if I pay $10 a head to go to a bar, I'm going to show up Yeah, because I paid. Mm-hmm. So that's the way that they're, they're handling it here, at least like downtown Columbus where I'm at as well. So I don't know. Um, that's what out of, out of the, you know, circling back here, because I think we can agree, you know, maybe one or two outliers here. Big 12, Big East, Big 10 seem to be dominating. You know, maybe maybe for a couple outliers, I mean, I'm I'm sure that we can we can think of a few, but th- that's kind of what my thought has been is that it seems to be that they're absolutely dominating shit. Now, of course, Gonzaga is an outlier here because they play in like BFE. So, I don't know, what do you think about that? Well, first of all, don't mix up the WCC for BFE, which doesn't exist. (laughs) Secondly. You know um, what it is. 
look, I, I think I think the best conference right now in college basketball is the Big Ten. And the reason why I say that is because one, two, three, four, four teams are in the top top eight. Mm-hmm. And the next closest is the Big 12 with two. So I, I think that the Big Ten is very top-heavy and very um, competitive. Um, I think the biggest sucker this year really has been the ACC. Oh, man. They've been getting their shit kicked in this year. I think but that's it, a great I, I think point. it's mainly just because they just eat themselves, right? Like, Florida State's good but not great. Virginia's okay. Virginia Tech's not great. The next best team is Louisville. Louisville. What, what do you mean by eat themselves? Like they beat themselves up in conference play? Yeah. Because the Big Ten like that's is the definitely biggest, doing that's, that. Right. That's the biggest complaint about the A-10, too. Is that no. like... Oh, well, let's... What? But what I mean is that like BC, Wake Forest, Miami, Notre Dame, Pitt, they're mm-hmm. all under 500 in the Big Ten. But they have beat... Like Pitt has beaten Louisville... Wake UNC. Oh, I'm sorry, not. I've been I've been reading this incorrectly this entire time. Syracuse, Duke, Virginia Tech. That's good wins in the at least in the ACC, right? In the so ACC. It's, so it's like then you have Boston College who's won two games. Both of those games were to Miami and to Notre Dame. That's not great. Yep. But then you have a team like Miami who comes in and has like these ridiculous wins against like NC State. Louisville when they were ranked, Duke when they were kind of ranked. They've played every team this last, like, three weeks really tight. Mm-hmm. Like, they've just come out of nowhere. And it's just that's the problem with the ACC right now is that it's just so competitive and just dragging teams down. Yeah, they won't win by a lot, but because they won't win by a lot, it drags them down. Well, and also, I mean, I'm trying to think here. The A-10 is going to have, what, two? And I think that might A-10's be— A-10 is going to have one. Calling it right now. Unless it's St. Bonaventure, A-10's going to have one. Is that VCU's going to sneak in there? No, they're not. I mean, a, a team right now, VCU's slated to be an 11 seed. Like, they've got some work to do before they can fall. It, I mean, it, unless, unless... I don't even think they're going to get in. And the reason why I say that is because they have a bad loss to Penn State, they have a bad loss to Rhode Island, they have a bad loss to J- George Mason, and they, have a, and they lost to Davidson. Well, Davidson's number three. Well, St. Bonaventure is no, like, I don't know. They, if you're going to lose in the A-10, that's the team you're going to lose to, right? Right. But that's what I'm saying is, like, then you have, like, St. Louis who started the year really hot and hasn't been great in the A-10. Well, and then Davidson's been on the opposite, you know? Davidson wasn't hot, has been not great in the A-10. Richmond, who was hot, wasn't great in the A-10. Mm-hmm. Dayton is a mystery. Well, um, beca- they're bad. There's your mystery. Dayton's a mystery. Um, UMass, who hasn't played three games outside of the conference, we don't really know what they are. They stink, they stink, they stink, they like you could just go through this list where it's like Well, would you knock you would you knock St. Bonaventure too? Because St. Bonaventure also lost to Rhode Island. St. Bonaventure has three has two really bad losses. It's Rhode Island by six, and it's Dayton by what should have been like a lot less than three. Mm-hmm. Like they should have blown the smoke off of Dayton, and Dayton just somehow they didn't. And then they have, then they got blown out by St. Louis. We'll see. It, it, and you are right, though, that Dayton is kind of a mystery. Though, like, why the hell are you going to beat St. Bonaventures, and then you're going to lose to fucking Fordham? 
Uh, that that to me was I I love Dayton. I will always root for them. But like me going out of my way to actively like, obsess over every game stopped with that let's Florida just, loss. Let's just talk about that. Let's just let's talk about it right Please. now. They should be eleven and seven in the conference. They shouldn't have lost to LaSalle, and they shouldn't have lost to Fordham. Could you make an excuse for uh, Rhode Island? Sure. Could you make an excuse for St. Joe's losing mm. by 13? In my opinion, no, because they lost by 13. I was going to say. We'll say sure. Um, they lost by Duquesne by five. They should have lost by more. Um, they lost to Rhode Island by – they lost to VCU by 23. It should have been 103. <laughs> like, they have – like when they lose, they lose in absolutely terrific fashion. Yeah. So, yes, I understand the point about Dayton. They're thirteen and eight. They're kind of okay. They are for sure not going to make the NIT. The only the only way I can see Dayton making the NIT is if they come in second and lose in the A ten final. That's it. Because if they win, then no. they're, then they're automatically going to make the sixty four. I don't even. I don't even think. Uh, I don't even think. Even if they lose in the A10 final, that they're going to make the NIT. Okay. They would need like so much nonsense to happen. It's not even funny. Well, and you know what? To your credit, that is what the NCAA is extremely good at. Is a lot of nonsense. Here you go. I'm looking at NIT bracketology now because you told me. Oh God. Sure. Here, here is the 16-team field for the NIT. Oh. Okay. Boise State, not better than Boise State. I'm I don't even know what to do with three. these teams. Memphis, not better than Memphis. St. Louis, sure, shit, not better than St. Louis. No, and that's been head-to-head proven. Somehow, somehow Dayton has won, I think, both of those games, and they still are not better than St. Louis. Yep. Um, have they won? Have they won both of those games head-to-head? One. Yeah, they won both of those games head-to-head, and I still don't think that they're better than St. Louis. St. Louis's worst loss is better than your worst loss. That's mm-hmm. my, that's what I'm saying. Um, who's four on this list? Seton Hall. You're not better than Seton Hall. UC Santa Barbara. You're definitely not better than UC Santa Barbara. If they're not in on, a, on their own conference thing, which they won't be because I think they play in the Gonzaga League, but they are, they're, so, they're sneaky good. That's what's going to piss people off. So I have slightly breaking news. Oh, good. The Saints have uh, made some roster moves. And no, it's not as big as you think it is. But we're on the the Dayton page, so we got to keep going here. Um, The Saints have released Jared Cook and Josh Hill. Do you know whose time it is to shine? Adam Troutman's wide receiver number one. Adam Troutman. Who, by the way, earned, according to PFF, uh, PFF, aka the Goat, um, earned themselves and earned himself an eighty-seven point one run block grade in twenty twenty. So that's pretty good. It's incredible. Where do you think that ranks among tight ends from last year? Top ten. One. Oh. One. That's very good. Uh, according to some beat writers for the Saints. They're extremely high on Troutman. Um, and it was, they, uh, shout out Jeff Duncan. That's a, just a dude name. That's just such a great guy named Jeff Duncan. The move is, quote, the move is similar to the one they made the year after drafting Jimmy Graham and left Jeremy Shockey behind. Hmm. 
love that shit. <laughs> and by the way, he he helped carry me in the playoffs because uh yeah, I picked him up late. And he he will be he will be drafted next year. So Hell, he he I would love to see the percentage that he went undrafted last year. I promise you that shit's going to change. All right, I love that. Okay, sorry. I apologize. Go back. No, I was just I'm I'm going through this and I'm saying to myself, you're not better than Seton Hall. You're not better than <laughs> St. Louis. You're not being no. better than Utah State. You're not better than Missis than Ole Miss, even though you beat them. You're gonna you would lose to them right now. I think you beat them. Yeah, you beat them in neutral floor. That doesn't count. Um, you're not better than Memphis. You're not better than SMU. I can give you an argument for Duke because I can give everybody an argument for Duke. You're not better Money. than Stanford. You're not better than Syracuse. You're not better than Richmond. You're not better than Marshall. You're not better than Minnesota. You're not better than St. Mary's. You're not better than Louisiana Tech. You're not better than St. John's. And the Davidson being in there is kind of hilarious to me. So The problem here is that like you listed off all those teams, and it was like funny to joke that they're like shittier than all of them. But like depends upon which Dayton shows up, though, that's, which, which is the see, worst the part about issue. this team. And that's why they're not going to get an NIT bid because it's like you don't know which Dayton team is going to show up. And at least with all of these teams, it's like, yeah, they're in the same boat. But it's like Seton Hall is 13 and 10. They're a little bit more consistent than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Louis is 13 and 5, more consistent than you are. Um, I'll go to the four seats. St. Mary's has eight losses this year, and they've all been close. Uh, Louisiana Tech has, has six losses this year. And they're definitely not going to make the tournament, but they should make the NIT. Um, St. John's is much better than you, and the only reason why they have ten losses is because that they play in the big in the Big East. And Davidson's also better than you, so it's it's one of those things where it's like these teams that we're talking about can give their best game at on any night. It's just sometimes it just doesn't go their way. I have seen nights, and we have seen nights this year mm-hmm. where Dayton just does not show up at all. Unfortunately. Way too many. I mean, when you lose by 23 to a team that you should have beaten. You lose by 23 at, at on the road to a team you should have beaten. You have 20 turnovers against a team that you won by three that should have kicked your butt. Like, you didn't score in the last 12 minutes of the game. You scored only eight points. That's And you still won somehow. How, if you were to describe Dayton basketball in one word... Now, you can use multiple one words, but they all and then and then you can rank them, but I've got one that I think fits very aptly. Oh, sweet Jesus inconsistent. Oh, that's the same. That's one word. So, oh, sweet Jesus inconsistent. That's five. Well, I'll just kind of smush them. That's fine. Inconsistent, very accurate. I was just going to say frustrating. Because if you're a fan, it's incredibly frustrating. Or even if or even if you just like casually follow the A10, you're like wasn't 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 Dayton supposed to be like probably like a thirteen seed, fourteen seed, somewhere around there? Yeah. So um should Jalen Crutcher have stayed? Probably. Um I think that he, this has not hurt his draft stock. I don't think. I think that he is still putting up huge numbers. Um, shout out Stanford Steve. You just took Dayton minus three against Rhode Island tomorrow. I cannot wait till we're on bad beats. <laughs> <clears throat> we already have been on bad beats. Yeah. 
that is one of the that is one of the most consistent because especially like in the world of social media, you want something under ten minutes, and Bad Beats always delivers. It's like it's like a good like six eight minutes. Love Bad Beats. Yeah, same. Same. Um. This this made me depressed. All right, moving on. Let's see. We've got. I we can we can do a little NFL. Actually, you know what? Do you want to do NFL or college football? Let's do NFL because then that'll lead us to the draft, and then that'll lead us to college football. So. Fantastic. Um, can you explain to me and anybody else that is too dumb to figure this out? What the hell is uh, Terry Bradshaw doing, pretending to be Tom Brady? Ah, so I've been told that that is fake. Okay, can we at least go over the fake news then? Yes. So uh, there was an article or a fake article that he went to the hospital and he was mistaken under sur- in surgery for another man named Thomas Brady. But isn't his name Thomas Patrick Brady? Ye- Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Thank you. But it's like the person in the hospital's name was Thomas Brady. So it's like he was mistaken because he had the same initials mm. as as the Thomas Brady in the hospital. That's just very odd that it would have come out right now. Because uh, it, it was like it was on this day in 1983 or whatever it was. Very weird to me. Almost as weird as J.J. Watt signing with the Cardinals. I love the move. Hey, I'm going to be alone here. I love the move. It depends upon what outlook you take. If you're taking it, it, it but it fits your it fit it fit the criteria that you were looking for perfectly. No, right? No, it does. It does. Hear me out. Hear me out. He doesn't get double teamed anymore. This is true. It's Chandler Jones. Uh, yes, I didn't know if he was a free agent this season or not. No, it's Chandler Jones. Sorry, thought he was free agent. Also it's Chandler Jones pa- and J.J. Watt with, like, Zach Allen mixed in there, who's okay. Um, they have decent to good cornerbacks in Patrick Peterson and, and Devin Kennard. They have a really good safety core with Buda Baker and Drake Kirkpatrick. Yep. And then they have that offense. So the biggest issue with the Cardinals last year was their defense. Their defense was a massive liability, and it was because they couldn't get any pressure on the quarterback. Now, you're probably going to need to get a lot out of J.J. Watt, and that's that might be tough. The best thing that J.J. Watt brings to a defense is his ability to bat down balls at the line of scrimmage. It's not necessarily getting after the quarterback. It's just batting down balls at the line of scrimmage, and that's what he can bring to the table. So I like it. He's getting paid a lot of money, which he should be. He finally doesn't have to be double teamed on the defensive line of scrimmage. He has a good secondary behind him. Not great, but good. And he do, it doesn't have to all rely on the on the defense. It can rely. He can it, he can take snap but snaps off and I'm saying this in quotation marks. And the offense can do its thing. The Cardinals are number 9 in pass defense. And that's adding JJ Watt to a top 10 defense is great. Past even, so I don't think they were great against the run, which he would help with. I I guess, yes. Well, because it it will it'll allow Chandler to be able to. I mean, it's going to help him out too because if they're both being single teamed, then they can they can do right. Work. He can win the one on one battles that he needs to win. 
Yes. Right. So that's that's part of the reason. So it's he's there to help the defensive line, which is what needed to be done. Now, to me, what I noticed what was something that was very irritating about the Cardinals last year was that when their offense didn't click, they got their shit kicked in. They weren't 8-8 eight and eight last year. Like, that's not good. It's not bad. Is the definition of average. So, with J.J. Watt on the field, what, that make him 10-6? and six? Yes. Yes, but in good terms, and this is me doing a spin zone, mm-hmm. they won three more games last year than they did the previous year. They will do what? They won three more games last year than they did the previous year. That's a three-win improvement. So by the laws of that, next year they should be eleven and five. And eleven and five in the Western Conference or in the NFC, not really the Western Conference, but in the NFC, eleven and five would get you in the playoffs this year. There's, there's a lot to be said about what he can do because JJ Watt got shit on for only having five sacks last year, but. When you have 17 quarterback hits, 14 tackles for loss, and my, my goat still PFF is is ranking them as one of his like their top five defensive ends, it's tough not to think he's going to have a bounce back. The only way he doesn't have a bounce back in my mind will be with injury. That's still yeah, a concern. He's older. This is going to be his last big contract. If he renews his contract after these two years, it's going to be like a veteran maximum or something like yeah, that. I, yeah, you I know? agree with that. But it's but it's one of those things where it's like Arizona was the closest you could be to making the playoffs without making the playoffs because they lost in a tie break to the Bears. So if you want to have the argument that's saying that the Cardinals would have beaten the Saints, I'm not going to entertain it, but you know we can have that I argument. Think, I think Patrick Peterson's leaving. Or did he already leave? If he leaves, that means that line is going to have to do a shit ton more work. Right, obviously. So, I'm, I don't know. It, it's tough for me. He is, a, he is a free agent. You are correct. Well, and that also doesn't guarantee he's leaving, though. So I'm not going to. No. But and I believe that their cap space is actually friendly for a Patrick Peterson contract. I'm just worried that he. Well, I'm not really worried for him or anything like that. But he got the money which is great, well-deserved, no question about it whatsoever, um, that when you put him in the toughest division in the NFC and arguably the most difficult division in the NFL last year, you know, second to the AFC North, but the Bengals really brought down that, that division. So I still have them as my toughest division in football, that NFC West, and... You know, you want to talk about beating the shit out of each other in the regular season. That's what those guys do for half the season. So I think that it'll be awesome that he's only getting single-teamed. You're right. Chandler Jones is terrifying. Russell Wilson should be scared. No question about it. Yep. But playing those great teams for half of the division or for half the season, I don't know if he's ever had that difficult of a schedule. I mean, the Texans would maybe win out in wild card weekend and then get their shit blown in the next week. So I yeah, I don't this is, this is yeah, I agree with that. This this is going to be a much tougher, you know, thing, but you know, he has to know that going in and he's not oh, going to yeah. take that lightly. 
So, uh, look, I, I agree with you. I think that this is going to be um, interesting. Um, but I, I think this is a really smart move for him in the sense that he's getting paid. He doesn't get double teamed anymore. Yeah. He can work at his own pace, really, where as other teams wouldn't maybe let him do that. Every every con seems to come with a pro, right? So, you know, we talked about how tough the division is, but what you just said is also totally accurate that he's not getting double teamed. Or, yes, J.J. Watt is older, but still, he's not getting double teamed. And also, he has more help than he's ever had. Yep. I mean, him and Chandler Jones are about to be best friends. There's no question about I'm I couldn't be more excited for this team. I still do not think they're Super Bowl contenders. I'm sorry. I think that they are divisional round, and they could lose a very close game in the divisional round. That, oh, I don't think that they're Super Bowl contenders either. I think that if they... But that was like his... <laughs> that, I thought that was his like first criteria when picking a team. Oh, he see, wanted a con- I... And, I and think again, he wanted money. <laughs> and I think he wanted money. This is also my problem with all this J.J. Watt news. Is like, I don't know what's real. Because people, you know, J.J. Watt like texted McAfee last week and was like, Hey man, don't believe anything. My people aren't talking. None of this stuff is accurate. So, like, when these, when these like, reputable people, even, like, Ian Rappaport are coming out and talking... I can't believe them. So, like, the news cycle even fucks it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Here's here's what I'm going to say. Is that for the um, cap space that the Cardinals have, if they went out and signed not only J.J. Watt, but, like, a Matthew Judon or a Bud Dupree or a Melvin Ingram or a uh, re-signing Patrick Peterson, uh... Jadavian Clowney, Kyle Van Noy, if they can, if they br- brought in other weapons along with J.J. Uh, Watt, I think that they will be much better off. I don't think that they're done on the defensive side of the football. I think that the defensive side of the football is where they're going to need to make more ins and ends, and I think they're going to do that in free agency and the draft because mm-hmm. I think the offensive side of the football – they have D Hop and Isabella and Kirk, and I don't think that they really need anything more than that. No, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I I think that Peterson's got to be number one on the list. Got to retain Peterson, but then apart from that, I actually didn't even think of him. But Bud Dupree coming off an injury might be more gettable than people think, because oh, then, I agree. then you know he's um he's he's said that he's expected to be healthy coming into training camp, which of course is awesome. But then if I'm Bud Dupree and the Cardinals come knocking, I'm probably going to want to go to Arizona. Because at that point, if I join the Cardinals, then I would believe that they have a much better chance at postseason success than the Steelers. Yeah, I agree. The Steelers still have a problem with the helm. They still have a Ben Roethlisberger problem. And, and I mean just from a money standpoint. Because Ben Roethlisberger has taken my lunch money so many times for so many years. It was literally until last season that Ben Roethlisberger was the winningest quarterback in First Energy Stadium where the Browns play. That's 
fucking nuts. So, I won't count him out. I very much want to count him out, but I just can't do it. But what I mean by they've got a person at the helm of this problem is that even if you rework his contract, that dead cap's going to be a bitch. It's really yeah. going to hurt their ability to be able to sign or like retain people like Bud Dupree. I don't know, man. Yeah, I agree. So then, I guess it just came down to money because I, I, I truly think that Green Bay could have given him an equally great defense. And they have a much better secondary than the Cardinals do. Um, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, I've got them higher. Now, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, those guys aren't as good as um, as Chandler Jones. So that might yeah, also be a problem. I don't think anybody's as good as Chandler Jones. I, I JJ agree. Watt. I think that. I think that. I think that the Packers secondary is much better than the Cardinals secondary. Um, but I, I think that the Packers line just would have been JJ Watt and then maybe Preston Smith. I don't think that it would have been much. You know what I mean? Like you can't have Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander blitz every play because it's just not possible <laughs> for them. What a scheme. Well, and they, you know what? They also just got a new defensive coordinator, I think. So maybe yes, that's also an unknown. They could be a worry. I don't I don't know who it is, but I think they just got a new one, so. They did. Uh, See? I don't know who it is. But that also doesn't instill a lot of confidence. No. It is not Mike Pettin anymore. Oh, Joe Barry. I, I've been down the Mike Pettin train. The Browns, I say this all the time. They're incredible at finding coordinators and then giving them too much responsibility. Yeah. Super good at it. <laughs> now, it's kind of circling back um, because some of these needs, like you mentioned, um, can be filled in the draft. Two has been taking a beating lately. That man's been getting dragged. Have you seen that as well? No. So is I, for, getting, What is he getting dragged for? I, for whatever reason, have... A lot of people on my timeline and that I follow and that follow me that are in Dolphins Twitter. Don't know why. Don't ask me why. Um, and they keep retweeting all this stuff that both Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle have come out and been like, no, Mac Jones is it's better than Tua. There's, there's no doubt about it. And maybe it's because they both had Mac Jones for longer. And so Mac Jones fed them more. Maybe. Maybe they're just standing up for their guy. I get it. But to have both those guys, like reigning Heisman, talk about you like this, not great. Oh, it's because, all right, well, first of all, and I'm looking at this, he has some bias because uh, he feels a bond with Jones because they two had to go uh, together from third string in 2018 to first-round draft prospects this year. Boom. So they they grew up together. With their guy. Smith probably would take Mac because he probably throws the ball better than Tua. And I don't think that's really surprising. Well, Mac Jones also doesn't seem to have the injury issues, but I don't think that Tua's injuries are going to like be a lingering issue with him throughout his career. No, but Tua also could just couldn't throw the ball last year even before he got injured. 
It's what happens when you're constantly flipping back and forth with Fitzpatrick. It's not great for team morale. No, I'm not going to dispute that, but it's one of those things where it's like you played more games than Fitzpatrick, threw three more passes, had three more completions than Fitzpatrick, and threw for 200 less yards, more sacks for a hundred for more yards. Holy cow! He had 20 sacks for 136 yards. How do you think that the fact that there's no combine will affect this draft? Because I I truly think that nobody. Nobody, well, I'm, I'm sure there are always outliers here, but nobody really shines in the combine to where everybody's like, whoa, who the hell is that guy? Like, people have already done their research, and they're they're just coming to say like, oh, maybe the guy has a higher 40 time than I thought. Huh. Henry Ruggs ran the 40 in 1.2 seconds. Holy shit, didn't expect that one. Stuff like that. I expect nothing because I find the combine to be overrated. Also, Ohio State is that had, too aggressive? Probably. Do I care? No. No, I mean, I don't really think it does anything. I mean, for guys that like need the exposure, maybe. But for guys like Trevor Lawrence, like who's having guys over to whatever field he's running around on, I don't even know if that's necessary. Uh, yeah, that's fair. You know where you're going. You know where you're going. That's fair. Was Chris Sims trolling this morning? Did you see this? Uh, yes, and I don't believe so. I don't believe he's trolling. I just truly believe that he's just that wrong. So I don't for know, those, of, truthfully, for, for those it's of you, one of those that, things where it's like I, you know me, I'm not, I'm, I'm very against him to begin with. So, so for those of you that you know weren't aware of this, Chris Sims decided to come out with a. His personal rankings of the quarterbacks in the draft. He only did six of them. Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Kellen Mond, Justin Field, Trey Lance. There are two glaring issues here. I get the Zach Wilson love. I do. I think he's a good quarterback. He's not better than Trevor Lawrence. I, he's not better than Mac Jones in my book either. I've been, I'm very high on Mac Jones. The problem with the problem with Mac Jones though is that Zach Wilson's way more uh, mobile than he is, and that's why teams find him to be better, is because of the mobile quarterback error. I also think that Justin Fields is better than Kellen Mond. I think that was just a dick thing to do because of his Ohio State curse. I, I get the Ohio State curse; it's very real. I think Kyle Trask is better than Justin Fields. That's wild. I, truthfully, I think it's Lawrence, Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Kyle Trask, Fields, Mond. Yeah, I, I definitely disagree with you on that one. Um, it's fine. I mean, I think that Kyle Trask is really good, and he's better than Mond, which is why, like, having him number four, like, I get that Texas A&M, like, competed hard this season, but I don't know. Look, I think, I think Mond brings a different skill set to the table. Do I think that he is good enough in the sense that uh, he can start or start within one or two years? No, but I think that if you give Kellen Mond time to study the playbook, time to understand you know, that things work differently in the NFL, I think he can be a serviceable player. I think that he can kind of be a Tarod Taylor or a um, 
uh, who's the other one that I'm thinking of? Or an Alex Smith type where they just go from team to team to team and they're just journeymen, right? I think that the, I think that he's capable of doing that. I think it's just one of those things where it's like I think that teams really need to develop quarterbacks rather than just go for the home runs right away. I don't think Kellen Mond's that guy, and I think Kyle, Kyle Trask is in that same boat because Kyle Trask can throw the ball really well, but the definition of open in Florida is way different than it is in the NFL. Well, that and, seems to be the thing for everybody too. I right, mean, right, but the, it's one of those things for me where it's like. Trevor Lawrence can throw it in tight windows. Zach Wilson can be mobile and then find guys open by being creative like that. Um, Mac Jones can throw the ball 100 yards. Don't know what the hell Trey Lance can do. Justin Fields, the track record is not there for me to like him. I don't like him. I don't think that he's going to be good in the NFL. So I don't like him. We can say that about all these guys. Like We don't know if they're going to be good in the NFL. And when it comes to Justin Fields, I'm not saying he's going to be good. All I'm saying is that he has a better chance than his predecessors. But that's exactly for the reason, like you said, was that he can put the ball wherever he wants with pinpoint accuracy. And so that's something that JT Barrett sure as shit couldn't do. Cardell Jones could not do. Like, I mean, these are guys I, that I were could... big and they could run. And they could take a hit, they could give a hit, but they also had all had rockets for arms. So I don't think they can do it with pinpoint accuracy. I mean, we saw in two games this year how bad he can be. And that level of bad is just bad. I I think he I think he is a at least for me, he's in my top four on this list. Now for me, a Kyle Trask, you are right, open at Florida is different. Same thing with like open at Alabama. I think even that, open at Ohio State is different. Yeah, you you are exactly right. Um, I think Kyle Trask and Mac Jones for could be very scary in Pittsburgh. If either of them fall to Pittsburgh, which isn't like falling either, I think that Pittsburgh has like eleventh or twelfth. You know, it'd be a fun name for Pittsburgh, honestly. Ian Book. I'll get. No, well, I don't Hold know. On. I don't Hold know what on. to think hear about Ian Book. Hear, hear me out, because the big thing about Ian Book was that they Notre Dame had a really good run game, and that opened up the play action pass. And to me, there's three teams in the NFL that are capable of doing a play action pass regularly and on a consistent basis. Pittsburgh was not one of them this year, but they were in the past. San Francisco. Because they love the play action. And uh, who's the other team? Uh, and Buffalo. And Buffalo's not going to take quarterback. So well, that's then, why I'm saying it's an, it's an interesting name, right? Because it's one of those things where it's like he can throw the ball. Not great. I'm not going to dispute that. But if, you know, they can open it up by doing a play action, by doing the play action, he, he can be good. And he proved that this year. Well, so are you just comparing the, him to Josh Allen then? No. Well, you said he'd be a good fit in the system. Yeah, but he can't run the ball like Josh Allen. Josh Allen is doing things that Buffalo is very happy that he can do. Like, I'm comparing him more to a Jimmy Garoppolo in the sense that, like, the only reason that Jimmy Garoppolo can throw the ball better than Ian Book, but they could run similar offenses and just be just as successful as they were this year, which was bad. I see what you're getting at. I don't know, man. It's... Ian Book would be a, would be an upgrade at the backup position in for in San Francisco. 
That's what I'm saying. Okay. Ian Book would be a ba- would be an upgrade at the backup position in Buffalo. And Ian Book would be a backup would be an upgrade to the backup position in Pittsburgh. I do think some of these guys could fight Mariota for the backup in Vegas. Well, Mariota's probably going to get traded, so. Till he does. I mean, hell, if I'm, I'm just I, saying, he's probably going to get traded, and it's probably going to be within the next two weeks. I, I, why do you say that? I have people. You have a lot more people than I do, so I'm not doubting it. I just haven't I seen have people, anything. and I have things. <laughs> These people also thought that he was going to get traded this week, so and that's not going to happen. So never know. <laughs> it's true. Well, yeah, you are you are right on that one. It's well then if you're Vegas, then if you're gonna deal him, you're gonna want some draft picks out of it. So kinda goes hand in hand that you're gonna need a new uh new backup. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what you Thank can you. get for like but you can get that like later. Like you can get that in like the fifth round with like shit with Sam Ellinger. You know what, man? I I wanna be high on Sam, I just can't do it. He's 10th overall and best overall quarterback, and I think that's incredibly nice. I think it is very nice. Like, like Jamie Newman being 8th is an absolute mystery to me, mainly because he hasn't played. And this might be a huge compliment to him. I consider Sam Ellinger to be his comp is um, uh, Kirk Cousins. For Ellinger? Yeah, because he, he he's the type of he, he runs the ball better than Kirk Cousins. Well— I mean, pro-style offenses are typically less running, unless you're the Ravens or the Cardinals. Or the Bills. That's that's valid. I keep forgetting he can run outside of throwing the ball 10,000 yards. Yeah. But what what I'm saying is that he's very consistent and that you know what you're getting. Is he ever going to be a top 15 QB in the NFL? No. But you know what you're getting. Or you could also compare it to a poor man's Phil Rivers, which I also consider to be Kirk Cousins. So, six six and one, half dozen the other. Who is your Ian Book comp of current quarterbacks? Um, I do love comp talk. It's some of my favorite shit. <laughs> I think the closest that I can get to Ian Book... Um, maybe, maybe McCarron. Current? That's a yeah. huge insult, by the way, to Ian Book. Massive I, insult. Not really, because McCarron was going to be the starter in Cleveland, and then the ba- the Bengals forgot how to make a trade. <laughs> and I'm very happy that they did. I'm just I'm just saying that they just forgot how to make a trade. So um like maybe Fitzpatrick, maybe if like on a good day. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to say Fitzpatrick. I'm going to say that he has the football IQ of Fitzpatrick. Maybe not the arm, but the football IQ and the locker room presence of Fitzpatrick. So I'm going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I like that a lot, actually. I'm a big fan of that. Who would be... 
Who would be Trevor Lawrence's comp? Um, Jesus. He has the hair of Jesus. I'm assuming that if Jesus played football, which you could ask anybody in the South and they would tell you that he did, he had the <laughs> arm of Jesus. Um, you know, um, but truthfully, I think a good comp for him, he's not necessarily an active player now, but like, I feel like a good comp for him is like maybe Kaepernick. I, I he mean, can throw the ball, but Super he can Bowl change it up by throwing his by throwing by running it. You know what I mean? I don't think that's a bad comp at all. I mean, it, it, I think that Trevor Lawrence is a lot more difficult to pinpoint oh, he's, him. He's a lot more unpredictable, and he is much more uh, capable of throwing the ball better than than Kaepernick. But I think that with what he can bring and in, in everything like that, I think I think that's the comp for me. I'd say if you. If you gave Kyler Murray 85% of Josh Allen's arm strength, it's a decent comp. Yeah, I agree with that. But now that I'm just making transformer quarterbacks here, I would also like Fitzpatrick's brain. I'm glad to see that he's been getting some love. Okay, Um, where else am I going to... There was one more that I wanted to do. I, you know what? I'm not going to say it because you'd be you'd be mean about it. Um, Are you asking for Justin for Justin Fields? I was going to, but I'm not going to anymore. Um, to Justin Fields, I would at best would give Tarod, and that's nothing disrespectful, just because Tarod is Tarod and probably will start next year, and only didn't start this year because he got injured by his own uh, doctor. Mm-hmm. Yep. But Which is, that, by the way, nobody talks about that. Just like the, no, the Bengals missing that trade. Like, you talk we about have, it for a week. And that's we it. all talk about it. That's why you got fired. Oh, I mean, he should, like, be prosecuted. That's fucking nuts. Um, what I gave Justin Fields is if he's drafted in the right place, he can be a Jacoby Brissett. That's not bad. Because... Um, Jacoby Brissett is more mobile than people give him credit for. Yep. And his arm's insane. Yep. Like, if pe- people that are listening to this know that I have been on the Bridgewater train. Or, sorry, not Bridgewater. Well, I, I do like Teddy as well, as well. But Brissett. I was down to those two, and I decided to go with Brissett. Maybe Bridgewater's better, like a comp. I don't know. That's a tough one. It is a very tough one. <laughs> Yeah, I I I'm sticking with my Tarad just because I feel like he can bring the same impact, but you know, <clears throat> who knows? We're all eventually wrong about this at some point, and we're going to continue to be. Yeah. Let's see, because I think that was pretty much all that I had actually. Next week, we're going to talk a lot more about Selection Sunday. Yep. Uh, we can now also, maybe we can end on this, we can now say that uh, Obi Toppin has made more dunk contest appearances than LeBron. That we get that on Sunday. So, you get your NBA All-Star Weekend. I never, ever want LeBron to do a dunk contest. I do. I don't. Because, and, just, like, and it's selfishly for the sole reason that we can continue to have this conversation. <laughs> 
uh, okay. so and so has made it to more dunk, dunk contests than LeBron. I mean, Obi versus Zion. Who says no? Zion. Why? Because he's going to lose? No, because it's. <laughs> no. Eh. It's fun. And, and plus, it, I mean, it's, 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 it's a lot more fun when the best players in the league are a part of it. Yeah, I agree with that. And we just, I, I don't know. I, it's a mix of like guys think they're too good for it, mixed with I'm afraid to get hurt. Even though we really never saw that. You taking, get more hurt playing in these in the uh, whatever you call it, games than you do over the summer. Um, no, in the All Star game than you do in the whatever you call it. Yeah, whether it's the skills challenge. Whether it's the the dunk contest, you're exactly right, and I think they got rid of the skills contest this year. I believe they did too. And the the only one that's kind of stayed consistent with being very good has been the three point challenge. That one yes. has stayed consistent historically, because yes. you got you got Booker and Curry. Uh, oh, shout out to uh, the best 19 year old ever, Jason Tatum. And Jalen Brown being a part of it. Donovan Mitchell, Zach Levine. Yeah. Three-point yeah. contest is the only thing keeping those like those things afloat. So who knows? The 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 skills challenge just doesn't do it for me. Like I get Luca's gonna be there. I get Chris Paul's gonna be there. Just doesn't do it for me, man. That's fair. And Obi Toppin is really the only name. You have Cassius Stanley in there. He played at Michigan State. That is, that is a fact about Cassius Stanley, yes. <laughs> Thank you. I only provide facts to the table. Oh, uh, I guess. <laughs> that was uh, cheap. The, I, do, I do like, I will say, I do like the rising stars. That one's a fun one. Like the world team versus USA team. Because They're not doing that this year, right? Yes, they are. Are they? LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, Tyler Harrow, um, John Morant, Zion Williamson, James Wiseman are all on your USA team. Straight savages. I mean, I'm Straight not going to lie with you. This, this just seems like a waste of time. And then you're going to have Lou Dort on the world team. So, world team's going to win. Lou Dort stand up. <laughs> I just I think I I'm against the All Star game this year. Why? That's just me. <clears throat> I'm I am I am much more intrigued to the Rising Stars than I am for the actual All Star game. I think I'm I'm just against All Star Weekend in general for the NBA this year. That's just that's just because I'm a 90 year old man who's annoying, but it's just. I just view the All-Star game this year to just be a waste of time and just a rushed thing rather than what it usually is, which is like a fun weekend for everybody and like a weekend away. And this year it just seems like it's just going to be more stress. You want to say I'm wrong and I'm not. No, 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 no. It's, it's super weird. So for this, I'm, I'm still on the Rising Stars thing. That's what that's what's been melting my brain because they, NBA.com, so, like, the legit shit wrote an article about them today. So, 
it's very much like still in people's um in people's brain but when i go to the schedule it's not there unless it's part of the all-star game or unless they just no. named the rising stars roster and just didn't do anything with it yeah you're exactly right i just read that what the fuck adam silver who cares dude oh now i'm out on it you heard it here first i'm out out why the hell would you name them and do nothing about it get the fuck out oh does that not piss you off we're, we're talking about a sport that i opened this podcast with by saying that i don't like <laughs> well you, you like it it's just you like college basketball better if oh, I don't if, like the NBA at all. If so, you're telling me that if there's if the only sport on that is NBA, then you're not going to watch it. Correct. That's fucking lunacy too. I'm going to watch HBO instead. What are you going to watch? I don't know anything on HBO. Brockmire. Sure. I think that's on Showtime. Have you watched Brockmire? Yes. It's fantastic for all those that have ha- that have not. I would ten thousand percent recommend Brockmeyer. He'd be a great interview. Mm, he would. I'm Brockmeyer. I can't even do it. Now I just that was like a half Bart Simpson. Damn it. We we've gone but, off the rails successfully. I think we need to pull the ripcord. But yeah, I, I look. I'm not as heartbroken about this just because I I said it and I feel like this is just a rushed version of All Star Weekend and they're just trying to. Make something out of nothing because of whatever the hell they have to do for it. It it is rushed. Not disagreeing with you at all. They're it's going to make them money, which they desperately need. Um, like that's why they're still considering expansion teams because they're not. They still have not gotten back to that 2019 revenue. Like. 2017, 2018, I mean, they 2019. Haven't, they haven't really had an opportunity to go back to the 2019 revenue. I, like, I'm not disagreeing with you at all, but like the NBA saw consistent gains in both revenue and viewership. 17, 18, 19, 2020. And then they and then they pissed off China, and then COVID happened. Oh no, they def- they did not piss off China. They bent the knee to China. No, they pissed off. No, China wasn't. China didn't allow the NBA to be played for like three months. Yeah, until they bent the knee. Because China, because then they realized they were going to lose a crap ton of money to China. Exactly. So we're, because, we're both right? Is that, is that possible? Yeah, because they <laughs> lost a lot of money to, to China. You're mad that they, that they bent the knee to China, but then you're like, they haven't seen the same salary cap, and it's like, because they lost to China. I mean, I don't think those three months would have put them back up into 2019 numbers but no, it definitely but I didn't think it hurt. would have been it would have been better than what they lost in covid yeah a thousand percent and that's why i mean i i've if always covid didn't happen it'd probably be not as high as 2019 but it wouldn't hurt as much but that with covid they kind of they got desperate and that's why like i never hated i never hated maury maury got a bad rap on twitter but whatever. Whatever. That's fine. He's living his best life in Philly now. I respect that. I I just I don't 
I I am not sorry for some something that I'm missing that I was never gonna watch in the first place. Yeah, folks, you just saw me get very angry. Well, at least I figured it out. Okay. I I was never gonna watch it. So I know you weren't. I'm not even gonna watch the All Star game. It's banana land. Well, so I, folks, if if we're tweeting about the All Star game, you know who's tweeting. <laughs> You 100% already knew who was going to be tweeting about it. <laughs> uh, what, what a dick move to name a roster and then not do anything about it. That I mean, it's like it's like the it's like the all whatever you call it teams. Like, it's like the silver slugger. Like, oh, okay, no, no, yeah, an that's all, exactly what it is. An all decade team deserves their their flowers. Okay, but that's what this is. In a micro sense, yes. And now I now I'm giving that to you. But I, I I bet like all decade teams, like for example, Randy Johnson has two of them. That helps Hall of Fame cases. Saying I was in the Rising Stars contest is not gonna help Hall of Fame. No, because this Maybe is Maybe it does <laughs> This is just showcasing people that they can play basketball. That is accurate. It it's just I've never found the appeal for these things, and I don't understand it. Like, the closest thing that I've come to enjoying an All-Star game is the NHL All-Star game, and that's the closest I've come. I don't enjoy the MLB because it's pretty much just nonsense at this point. I don't enjoy the NBA because it's lunacy. I don't enjoy the NFL because it's not an All-Star game. It is not at all. Um, I enjoy the Winter Classic so much more than the NHL All-Star game. I enjoy a regular hockey game more than I enjoy the <laughs> But the All-Star game at least is a little bit of fun because it's like you're playing one period, it's three-on-three, three, and it's like whatever. Sure. I'll give you that. So it's like it's a little bit of fun because it's different. That is, that is accurate. I will, I will continue to agree with you for that one. How about that? That's the only reason why I'm like on board with it, just because it's it's a little bit different. Like at least like with the Elam ending in the in the All Star game, that is fun. Like it's a little bit different. Like I like if they decide to play the All Star game three on three or four on four in the NBA, sign me up. I'd watch it. So you're just gonna start watching the big three? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I do miss the big three. That was very fun. But like that's what I'm saying, right? Is that like you know if they change it up rather rather than playing what they usually play, and it's just all of the big names, like cool, that's fun for like five minutes, and then you realize that they don't play defense, and the final score is like two hundred and twenty to two hundred and ten, and it's like who's <laughs> like this isn't fun. It should be easy money on the over, man. I don't know what you're, but I don't know what you're complaining but that's, about. I'm just saying that like to me, it's more fun to watch them do something that is not normal for them than to watch them do something that is normal for them, but it, there is one ball and everyone just looks bad. Mm-hmm. Like, three-on-three three All-Star game in every conference would be great. That's valid. I'll give you that one. How about that? Oh, Jesus. All right. I'm going to have to go before the before NBCSN makes me cry about watching Zidane Ocharo on the Bruins highlights because the Bruins and the Capitals are playing right now. I'll let you go cry in peace. Oh, God, I'm going to be sad. All right, see you next week, everybody. I miss you, Zidano.